Hello, hello. This is Reality of Reality. I'm Aliza Rosen, a longtime TV producer and development executive. Every week on the podcast, I talk to interesting people in all aspects of unscripted content. We are back by popular demand, some popular demand. It is my friend, the TV writer, reviewer, producer, Brian Samuels. Brian, welcome back. Always a pleasure. Good to see you. Good to chat. Yeah, it's been a while since we've been in person, but this virtual setup's working well for us. Well, we text on a daily basis, so exactly, I've, we're we're connected. It's, we're very connected. Exactly. And so, one of the things that connects us, of course, is our love of television. And although we have things that we both mutually love, we also have things that we don't watch that maybe the other one watches. <laughs> so it's funny because our last podcast was, we did a two-parter because we had so much to cover. It was the end of March that it had creeped into the beginning of April. And then I start keeping a list of everything I'm watching after our last chat. And I cannot believe, first of all, how much TV I actually watch. And you even watch more. <laughs> and then how much there is to talk about, like how much has been watched and been put out there since we talked is insane. It's out of control. The fact that you sent that list, which was absurdly long, and then I added like 20 shows to right. it. It's like, again, when there's no sports, it really opens things up for me to watch more than I would normally watch. But sports are back, so that'll slow. Yeah, that's how I feel when Howard Stern is on vacation. I have time to listen to my podcast because <laughs> he just consumes all of my audio listening. I I'm with you. And he seems to take a lot of vacations and really exactly. works. He works a really easy week, three days a week. He's got it down. Listen, yeah. when you've been doing it as long as he has, you earn the luxury. Amen. All right. So we're going to go through a lot of stuff, but we're going to kind of pause on a few shows that we both really love to go a little bit more in depth, but um, we're going to start like we usually do with scripted. I was so excited that Dead to Me came out with a season two in the pandemic because I absolutely love the first season. You also love the show, right? I did love season one. I thought season two was a little blah for me. I, I think, listen, it's worth watching. If you've not seen either season, go watch season one and two. Don't read about it. Just dive in. But season two to me fell a little flat. I thought it did at the beginning. I thought it was a little bit of a silly premise, which I'm not going to ruin for people who didn't see it, but I thought it picked up and then I was actually really into it and it kind of found its footing in the same way that it had season one had done it. So I was actually really happy by the end of it. Yeah. Listen, if, if there were another season I'd watch. So, right. Which there will be, there'll be one more final yes. season, which yes. is perfect. It doesn't need to go yeah. more than three. So Fauda, Fauda. Mm. Wonderful show. So season three came out at the, like literally after, right after our podcast dropped. And I think we both binged it in a weekend. Such yes. a good show. One of the best shows on television. And it's not one that you're going to likely find on, you know, your recommended lists on Netflix. Hmm. And I mean, I was told about it. It didn't pop up. The algorithm didn't pick it for me. It's, it's a subtitled show, although you do not need to watch with subtitles. Do you watch it dubbed? I switch around. Sometimes I just, sometimes, what do you do? Oh, subtitles all the way. Okay. See, I also sometimes, speak Hebrew. So it's cool for me to okay. see if I can follow along. Although there's a see, lot of Arabic. I sometimes want to have the ability to look away or maybe look on my phone or my computer. <laughs> and so I'll put it on English and it's very difficult to watch when it's, <laughs> when it's I being know, dubbed. And nothing's matching. Yes. Right. And then you switch back and you realize that Duran has a different voice. Daron. So, Daron. It's a, <laughs> it's an excellent, excellent show. It's a little bit 24. It's a little bit Homeland. It's just suspenseful. It's action packed. It's acting is great. Everybody has beards, which is weird. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. It's so hard. <laughs> I remember the first season, basically the whole season. I couldn't tell anyone apart. <laughs> right. They all have beards. They all look the same. I feel like I, I feel like I could maybe put my hat into the ring now you with this could. beard. Yeah. Seen maybe it could be on Fauda. And I just think it's interesting. Lior, who is the, the one who stars in the show is Duran. He has a very interesting history. He was counterterrorism. He was Arnold Schwarzenegger's bodyguard. Um, Wait, just really? a very cool. Yeah. I didn't know that yeah. part. 
He was Arnold's bodyguard. Just a very cool guy. Very cool story. Um, Three great seasons with a fourth to come. Yeah. And he created the series with another guy. Yes. Which I thought, you know, there's some controversy about it, of how it depicts Palestinian-Israeli conflict. I, I don't really know enough to say either way, but in my mind, it does an amazing job of showing both sides of it, actually. Agreed. I agree because there was a lot of who am I rooting for here in that <laughs> yeah. show, yeah. right? Which side am I supposed to be Which rooting for? Right. Agreed. So I just think it's incredibly well done. And it's a show where you might start it and not really feel it for the first, you know, half of an episode. But once you get in, you will want to keep going. Put it this way. I recommended it to my mother. It's not necessarily the type of show that I've felt she would gravitate to, but I thought she would like it. And she knocked out all three seasons within about a week and a half. So. I love that. Yeah. I thought the first episode of this season was really strange the way it just jumped into it. I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> right. And then it kind of had to catch up to itself, which obviously was intentional, but I was really thrown off and then it found its way again. Yeah. If you've not even heard of it, just, <laughs> You know, spend some time, find Fout on Netflix, three seasons, and we both of us highly, highly recommend that you you watch that show. Agree. So here's an interesting one. Little Fires Everywhere. So quickly on this, I read the book, did not like the book. So I was kind of excited for the series because I figured sometimes this TV or the film is actually better than the book. And I started it the first episode I despised. I thought, I can't do it. I hate it. I hate everything about it. And my cousin watched me it. I did. I was like, I'm done. You're like, no, I'm kind of liking it. <laughs> and the funny thing is, is that I ended up sticking with it and loved it. And you did not like I quit. it. I quit. Yeah. When did you quit? I, mm, after maybe four episodes. <laughs> really? It, just was, it was just doing nothing for me. I was like, all right, I don't care. I just don't care. Um, but Fair wait, enough. so tell me, how did you go from hating it to then sticking with it and finishing it and then coming away liking it? It's a really good question. <laughs> I can't really <laughs> articulate it. I, I found it just felt so forced. All the acting felt forced. The story felt forced. There was nothing for me to latch on to. I'm not sure if the directing and the acting and the story got better, but something hooked me. And I liked it better and better every episode. And I will say that dovetails into the next show, Mrs. America, which I know you didn't see, but I it was also a slow star. I didn't dislike it at the beginning, but I, it was very slow. And then I stuck with it and I ended up really loving it. And that's another one. There's a lot of controversy about in terms of how they depicted Phyllis Schafly and the feminist movement which is all stuff that I need to read about because I haven't yet <laughs> dived into that. But I really did enjoy I thought it was very well done. It really was very interesting and beautifully shot, beautifully acted, great costumes. You won't, don't, don't bother. But That's what I was going to ask you. Uh, no. Would I like it? No, no but I all, would not. All my ladies out there. Um, actually, Brian, my husband watched a few episodes with me and he liked it. It's the kind of thing like if I put it in front of you, you'd be fine. But it's not going to be a priority. I'll pass, but that's fine. So, I don't have to watch them all. No, you don't. Our last podcast, we touched on Ozark. I hadn't started season three yet. And you said that you predicted I wouldn't like season three. And guess what? You were wrong. Very wrong. Loved it. Listen, a lot. It's, there's a lot of differing opinions on season three. I've talked to a lot of people who have absolutely loved it. And then some who subscribe to my theory that it fell off a cliff halfway through. No, um, I just, that's I, I didn't care for it. So <laughs> I will put it this way. I will be on the fence for another season. Wow. Wow. Probably, probably just due to, you know, zeitgeist pressure. I will watch it, <laughs> but it will be somewhat begrudgingly that I do so. I don't know what to say to you. <laughs> I started, so I had a lot to catch up on because I had dropped off Basically in season two, I'd watched like one episode. So I binged two and three together, which maybe had something to do with it. But I absolutely loved both seasons. I just think that's an amazing show. Hey, listen, that's that. 
that's a good thing, right? I, I'm glad you liked it because I saw you going down this path like me where <laughs> you're you're like laboring through the last four or five episodes. Like, oh my God, is this thing going to end soon? Enough already. But I'm glad you liked it. No. Yeah, I mean, yes. <laughs> I like no, the last I mean, scene. Yes. I'll, get, I'll give him the last scene of, of the last episode. I like that. But did it involve a picture or was that season two? We'll just leave it at that. I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to spoil anything. Oh no, no, no. Now I remember it. That was season two. <laughs> now. Okay. Yeah. How can you forget? Well, I can, yeah. but now I remember that was very like an, Oh my God moment. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, come on. We're at the point where if we're spoiling, then, you know, you really should. I know, but you know, listen, if people haven't watched it, I don't want to ruin that Agree. last moment for them. <laughs> Agree. Absolutely. So, Black AF, I like this show. I What I have to say about the show is that not every episode's great. It starts off really awkwardly, and Kenya is rough at the beginning. He kind of has no idea how to act and then finds himself a little. But, but episode five, I think, is one of the best episodes of television I've ever seen. I agree. And you did not like this show out of the gates, because right. I remember you texting me that, too. <laughs> that you did not like it out of the gates, but then you decided to stick with it. And you said that exact same thing to me that episode five was one of your favorite episodes that you could remember. And I agree with you. I think it's, listen, it's a version of Curb Your Enthusiasm. That's what it is. So if you're going into that show to watch it, understand that that's what it is. It's a parody. It's fun. Not every episode is great. It was, how many episodes was it? Six? It was, no, it was more. It was eight, I think. Okay. And there's going to be a but second season. And it's a fun watch. I don't I don't think it's something that you would necessarily sit down and just binge the whole season in two days. Kind of felt for me at least it was not one of those and I stretched okay. it out. Um, but it's it's definitely worth watching. And if nothing else, episode five it makes it all worth all worthwhile. Yeah, I feel like if you're not gonna watch it, just watch five because it was so good. We both liked Hollywood. You're not a real Ryan Murphy fan, but you did enjoy it, which actually surprises me. I would not have seen you liking Hollywood. I just, I don't know. There's something about it that I really liked. I mean, listen, Ryan Murphy is, is great in a lot of people's minds. The, the, the gratuitous stuff I don't necessarily need. <laughs> um, there's a lot of it, but just, a it's fine. It. Um, I just really liked it. I don't know. I thought it was, a, I thought it was well done. And I, I actually, I surprised myself that I enjoyed that. I did yeah, not expect to enjoy it either. Yeah. It, I felt it, it went off a cliff a little bit toward the end with some really corny stuff with the Oscars. Sure. I don't know that episode annoyed you, but everything it else did. I really, I really liked. And another one was the politician, another Ryan Murphy, which that show is so quirky and strange, but I just love mm -hmm. it too. I do too. And I like the politician better than I like Hollywood. Yeah. Um, and I like Ben Platt. I think he's, uber talented when he sings i die it's incredible yeah he's he's great and again to, that is my favorite of the ryan murphy shows i just think season one was great season two was also great and if you're looking for a couple of seasons worth of ryan murphy watch the politician and then maybe do hollywood if you were you know intrigued by and, and needed more ryan murphy right okay that's good we both love Never Have I Ever. That was probably one of my favorites this year so far because I didn't expect to like it. I loved it. <laughs> I'm so happy cute. you did. It's it's in my wheelhouse. The John McEnroe stuff was <laughs> so just great. so amazing. This was Mindy Kaling's show, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it just, I like Mindy Kaling Me too. from, I like everything she does. Um, and this is a really fun, cute, very easy watch and we both recommend it. Yeah. And if you're like me and you have a tween, it was a great co-watch because it was just enough for the 12 year olds and enough for me. You know, we didn't laugh at the same points kind of thing, you know, sort of like what <laughs> the Simpsons used to be. Right. But or SpongeBob. But it it works for a lot for a lot of different age groups. And I just it was delightful as your word was delightful. And I agree. Really. That's the I only cried. thing that I noted about that show. De delightful. Yeah. yeah. I know you're not that into Insecure, but I finally got on the bandwagon and I binged all four seasons. Go. And I'm going to let you just rock this. I mean, Go. I just love it. I, I was feel like I was, it was, I'm so glad I watched it in the pandemic because it takes place in LA 
And it's sort of this magical LA that I don't even think I know, you know, and it's (laughs) like every restaurant, I didn't recognize a single place. It almost was just very la la land in that way. Just felt, I don't know, everything about it felt fresh and unique and funny and raw. I mean, there was a lot of raw and I just loved it. I absolutely loved it. I'm so glad that I finally got into it. There you go. I can't add to that. So <laughs> there's a there's a big stamp of approval on Insecure. It's on HBO on demand, HBO Max. Highly recommend. So I hate billions, but I'm still watching it. <laughs> it, <laughs> I hate it. It really it reached a new level of trite this season. I am always gonna watch it because I really like the show, but it is it really has not been good of late. This this past season was Ugh. was rough. Was rough. Really rough. I we both love the new show on HBO Max called Love Life. This was another one. I got to say, it took me a few episodes and then it really found its footing. I do not think it knew what it wanted to be at the beginning. And then I loved it. Once I locked in, I just loved it. What was your take? I was, I was hooked from the start. Really? I thought, yes, I liked everything about it. So I would watch it weekly as the episodes dropped. So oh, they, it wasn't, I watched it as a binge. No. It wasn't as a binge. Mm-mm. So they dropped only a few episodes over the course of several weeks. uh, And that made it a little more interesting to me. So I would watch whatever it was on Thursdays. I would watch them all. I think it's, so it was created by this guy, Sam Boyd. And that's really his, this is really his first show. He hasn't done much of anything, a couple of films, but this is really his first show. And I just love the way that they wove the story together and how it all kind of came together at the end. Um, you know, not to, again, we try not to give spoilers, but it, it really kind of tied things up quite nicely. Um, and you know, there's a second season coming. Yeah. So the second season will be a whole different character and storyline, which I love. Correct. The premise is that it's somebody in New York city who has been married for four years and realizes that their spouse is not their soulmate. Ooh. Yeah. And there inside info, (laughs) there will be other, there will be characters from season one that are in season two. So it's not a complete fresh start, brand new show. It's a little bit of a, there's a connect between season one and season two. You mean they'll be playing the same people that they played in season one? Yes. Oh, that's interesting. My only critique of that show. And I think the reason why it took me a little bit to get into it is that as a woman, and it's very much a female POV. I could tell that a man was writing it in the first few episodes. It just didn't feel. And then as soon as it picked up, I noticed that the writers were women. It just has a different feel. Is there anything to pinpoint on that as to why it felt like a man had written the first few episodes? No, I can't explain okay, it. Cool. <laughs> it was just a feeling. Just like with Sex in the City, it felt like gay men wrote it, you know, until okay. women finally yeah. got on board. It's just a certain way that it was very subtle in this one. And I still think they did a good job, but it, it shifted for me once it became more of a female show. I don't know. I can't explain it. Just Interesting. So, so if you're interested in checking out Love Life, it is on HBO Max and that is the only place you are able to find it. I'm loving HBO Max. I will say this. I am as well. I think that the interface is great. Probably... Very the purple. best of all of, of all very purple, <laughs> but just a great interface. And as odd as it sounds, that draws me back to it. I just, well, I agree. But my issue is that I have Roku. So I have to watch on my computer, which is so annoying. They're working on that deal. It's absurd that they have not reached a deal with Roku. Uh, but I would, I would expect that they work something out soon. I know that they have been working on it. Yeah. That's going to be a game changer. I want to just zoom that up on my TV. Yeah, the interface on the TV is so it's so great comparatively. I mean, compared to say Apple, which is the worst interface I've ever seen. Shame the on worst. them. I I don't really understand how it can be as bad as it is considering that it's <laughs> Apple. Right. But well, that was like Hulu it, up until about 2 days ago. They right, finally fixed right. it. I could never find what I was watching 10 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Hulu? Uh, Hulu is giving me some really bad movie recommendations and I got sucked right into some horrific <laughs> films. We'll talk about offline. 
Yeah, Hulu doesn't know you like Netflix. No, they really don't. Considering <laughs> I, I watch Seinfeld every single night, they much pull from that and give me the dumbest movie recommendations of all time. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Mm. One more thing on HBO Max, Search Party. You never got into that or did you ever no, try it? No, that's all you. I never tried it. That's all you. I feel like you would like that. All right. Well, then I'll try it this weekend. It's a good show. It's a really good show. Really fast binge. It's it's so, different. I don't know what to compare it to, but I think you might like it. So TBS aired that show originally. Yeah, the first now, two seasons. So HBO Max They did, did the original three. third season. Exactly. Okay. So you can just go on and watch seasons one, yeah, two, and three on HBO all. Max. Okay. I, I swear you'll, I could see you binging that all day Saturday and being happy about it. If you don't oh, you like it, well. don't tell me. <laughs> all right. So let's quickly go over a few that you saw that I did not see. Defending Jacob, Hightown, I May Destroy You. I could not get, I could not understand a word of I May Destroy You. And I, I, I know you quit I on that early. <laughs> but uh, I heard it's incredible. It's, I think it's a really, really good show. However, I think that it's being lifted a little bit higher than it deserves to be lifted. Oh. I feel like that's just my take. I feel like because it's an HBO show, people feel like it should be <laughs> elevated in the minds of, you know, culture. And I just think it's good, but it's not the greatest show I've seen in the last two years by any stretch of the imagination. Like that's, that would be succession, another HBO show, but Ugh, miss it. I think it's look, it's worth watching. And why don't you just put some subtitles on if you can't understand it? Well, this is the thing. So HBO, my, or spectrum, the subtitles are terrible. I could barely read the subtitles. <laughs> it's not like Netflix and Hulu that have good subtitles. Yeah. It's look, it's a good show, but I, again, I think it's being pumped up a little bit too, too much. Um, real quick on defending Jacob. I thought it was I need great. To see that. I didn't read the book. You would really like it. It's a murder mystery. Uh, Chris Evans was fantastic. And it's you, that's a show that I think if you started it, you would knock it out in a day and a half. Yeah. I, I have it on my list. Okay. Maybe, maybe after selling sunset this weekend, if there's time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. Um, real quick. I need to see Rami, by the way. I know I started it. I liked it. And then I just never went back to it. You're I don't understand. Yes. It's such a good show. He's so good. Season one was better than season two, but season two was excellent. I highly, highly recommend it. Um, I saw his stand up and I love him and I've heard him on interviews. Great. I'm like, I know I'll like the show. I just haven't, I don't know. I, I need to do And he it. got an Emmy nomination. Oh, good. That which is great. Um, High Town on Stars, completely random find. It's a- uh, Never heard of it. Takes place in Boston. Again, it's a murder mystery show. So I've, are they I've given Southies? You, yes. So I've given you two <laughs> Boston-based murder mystery shows. In you can't listen. Jacob I love a Boston-based murder mystery. As long as well, it doesn't have Ben Affleck in it, I'm fine. Nope. You're good. I just, I just gave good. you two of them. I gave you okay. two of them. Can I ask you a question? Do you watch? Sure. Um, well, I should let you answer if I can ask you a question. Um, <laughs> do you watch What We Do in the Shadows? No, I've barely heard of it. What's so, it on? It's on FX. And oh. it's, a, it's a comedy uh, about vampires. Oh, girl. Okay. I'm not okay. a vampire person. <laughs> okay. I'm not either. I've tried twice to get into it because a couple people have recommended it highly. It was nominated for an Emmy for best comedy. Really? I don't understand it. I don't understand the appeal. I've tried. Not for not me. doing it for me. Okay. No. Yeah, we move on. Let's move on. Okay. So let's get into some unscripted. I need to just start with I'll be gone in the dark because I just finished it. Here's what I'm going to say. I know you only made it through one and a half episodes, I want to tell you that's where I was. I did one and a half. I stopped mostly because I said, I can't do this, especially before bed. It's freaking me out. And it also felt a little repetitive with the victim stories. So I said, but I knew I would watch it eventually. So I left it for about a month. I went back uh, this weekend. I don't know. I have no concept of time. And I binged basically from the middle of the second episode to the end Brian, it is one of the best documentary series I have ever seen, not just in the true crime genre, because it's not a typical true crime doc in the way it's done. 
trust me, you need to go back to this. It I is do. I will. so beautiful. It was, it kind of blew me away. I mean, I'm going to say that I'm going to go that far. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, those are, those are very, that's a bold statement. So I, I will, uh, it's very difficult it. to do what like Liz Garbus, who was the showrunner, different people directed each episode, but she was the showrunner. Cause to weave Michelle Max, so Michelle McNamara, Michelle McNamara, who was Pat Oswalt's wife. She was obsessed with this golden state killer for her whole career and was writing about him, but also trying to solve the case. And then, you know, she tragically passed away. So to weave her story as she hunts the killer with the victims, with the survivor stories and how that all comes together, it's really a hard story to tell, actually. And they do such an incredible job. I mean, usually when I watch things, you know, I always have some critique or, well, I would have done this differently. Or the (laughs) one thing I didn't like, I cannot think of one thing I would have changed about the way they did this. It was perfect. Wow. All right. Well, that is, that's glowing and uh, I will watch it. I promise you. Okay, good. But that does dovetail into one that we both really liked, which was also excellent, which was Outcry. That was your recommendation to me. Thank you. I watched it immediately, sight unseen, knew nothing of it, started watching it, finished the entire thing in a night, recommended it to as many people as I could. And everybody has been just kind of in awe of how well that show was done. Outcry is a doc about a student who was uh, accused of committing a heinous crime. And that is all I will tell you about the show. So with that said, (laughs) go watch it. Don't read about it. Don't just go watch it and, and enjoy the ride. Five episodes. Agree with Brian, agree with you that if you Google, it'll ruin it. A hundred percent. And, and I knew nothing. And that has been what I've said to everyone. Go watch the show. Don't read about it. Don't look it up. Don't do a single thing except press play and enjoy. And don't follow the main subjects in the news or on social media. I mean, you really have to go in cold and blind till the end. It was so well done. I tried to get the director on. I never heard back. Well, you know, if you need me to help track them down again, I can. I feel Um, like that we've missed that boat, but it was really excellent. Just incredibly well done. Look, these, these types of shows have been done ad nauseum. And for us to come away saying that this was an incredible show speaks volumes of how well it was produced. Agree. But it's not as good as the greatest show in the history of television, which all all capital letters, (laughs) all capital letters. I wrote that to you. Uh, You The last dance, the last dance is a Chicago bulls documentary. It's supposed to be about the final season of the bulls championship run in the nineties, but it goes back in time all the way to Michael Jordan's childhood. And it's just for someone who is a native Chicagoan, a lifelong diehard Chicago Bulls fan, this was as good as it got for me. Now it is streaming on Netflix now. It's a top 10 show on Netflix. It originally aired on ESPN. It was the first show in a very, very long time that I remember was for me appointment viewing. And I watched it live every week as it aired on Sundays with commercials and all of my friends did. And we would text one another only during commercials, just the memories that that show brought back the way that it was done, the access, the unseen footage. I implore you to watch it, whether or not you're a basketball fan, it's an incredible show. That's it. I'm off my box. No, I I'm right there with you and I'm not a native Chicagoan you know, or really a sports fan, but MJ is a God, he's a legend, but even more than that, Scotty Pippen, Dennis Rodman, just learning about all of the, and Carl Malone, just all of these players and how they all fit in the puzzle and all the rivalries and Jordan's psychology and him watching stuff off the iPad and commenting. I mean, it was just amazing. It was just so fun to see all of that and to, go back in history like that. I was actually living in Chicago, 91, 92 for graduate school. So I did have some of that bulls or did enjoy some of that bulls magic back then. And, you know, the whole city was just so united around this team. It was just, 
I would I would wait a year and then I would go watch that whole thing again. Have you already seen it twice? I haven't yet, but I've <laughs> added it to my favorites so that it's just it stares at me every time I open Netflix and I will watch it again. The funny thing is none of what was on there to me was news. None of that was new. I knew yeah. everything that happened. I knew how the team was taken apart uh, so that they couldn't come back to defend that sixth championship. All that being said, it was just, to me, absolutely incredible and the best show I've seen in quite a long time. So fun little tidbit. So Jerry Reinsdorf's son was dating a very close friend of mine right in that 91, 92 period. So when the bulls were hot as hell and we were all like, marry him, marry him, marry him. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't work out. Now, Hmm. Jerry, who's the one who died? Jerry, who was the GM? Jerry Krause. Jerry Krause. Was he treated unfairly or was he really an asshole? Um, I think that it was unfortunate that he was not there to defend himself. uh, And the way that he was portrayed was the way it was accurate. The players didn't like him. He wanted to take a lot of credit for things that the players didn't think he deserved credit for. Um, But at the same time, yeah, did he, he didn't draft Jordan, Rod Thorne did, but he drafted Scottie Pippen via a trade and Horace Grant and put the right pieces around Jordan. And so, you know, I think it was a bit of a, of a tough, um, a tough go for him in that series. Um, but again, universally not well-liked, so it wasn't a stretch to portray him that way. So for me, like a lot of people who did not follow the Bulls intimately like you or do follow them, it kind of came as a surprise that Michael Jordan was kind of an asshole. And you can't help but love him after this, warts and all, because he's just just the wholeness of him and the legend of his athleticism is, you know, there's there's no comparison. But he was... An asshole to a lot of people, but I think all to win, right? Yeah, that was the mindset. And it's a very difficult mindset to grasp because he was a win at all costs. It was, it must have been very difficult for him. If you look at that film or the series and you notice that the only people that he really seems close to are the security guys. Yeah. And it's, you know, people say that that's kind of sad. Well, I don't disagree. I I kind of suspect that it was very difficult for him to get close to guys because everybody probably came with some sort of an angle and who can he trust? And so, you know, also don't forget he had final cut on this thing. And the only reason the show was made was because he said, okay, that footage sat for years and years and years. And he finally said, okay. And so that's another criticism that I've read about, about the series is that he was, he had too much control over what went in there. My response to that is I don't fucking care. And I don't don't think it was reflected in the final product. I thought it showed everything. It felt like that anyway. I agree with you. And it just take it for what it is. It's, it's a wonderfully done 10 episode series about one of the greatest teams in the history of the NBA. Why did it take so long for him to approve it? That's just how he is. I mean, I don't have a a specific answer, but that's just how he is. If you notice, he's not a front and center guy. He's an NBA team owner, but you don't see him the way you see someone like Charles Barkley. He's just not a front and center guy. He's shied away from that. The the biggest moment that he's had in terms of speaking or being public facing was his speech at Kobe Bryant's funeral. Yeah. But outside of that. It's so hard to see Kobe. You know, alive and yes. speaking yeah. in the stock. Oh, yes. Yeah, they, they they got that interview very shortly before uh, his accident. Um, but you don't see Jordan in the spotlight anywhere anymore. So I think none of this surprises me. And finally, he probably got to a point, if I were going to guess, that he saw people somewhat forgetting about how great he was. And it's all about modern-day NBA and LeBron and and all these, yeah. you know, Giannis. And he's, it was kind of a, hey, guys, Let's not forget who the OG is here. Totally. So it's funny because now that I think about it, the one place where I feel like I did feel his EP presence was about the gambling. Cause that felt like it was definitely, <laughs> I was watching it with my husband, you know, and he was like, I don't care what he's saying. He had a gambling problem. 
or right. has one. It, well, and and the interview that he did with the mod where he's wearing the sunglasses and yeah. they ask him if he's got a yeah, gambling problem was... and he's <laughs> his response was, I don't have a gambling problem. I can stop anytime I want. Yeah, that's the classic <laughs> addict response. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I can stop drinking whenever I want. Right. So what w- the reason that he was out of the league will remain a mystery. The other thing that came out of that was the whole story about the pizza, which turned into this whole other story in and of itself. Did you know that story? You must have known that story. No. No. So quickly say what it was so people know what we're talking well, about. Well, there was a there's a game in the 1998 finals that's called the flu game where Michael Jordan was sick but overcame that sickness and had an absolutely incredible game and willed the Bulls to victory. And there's a great image of him slumping into Scottie Pippen and being helped off the court. Yeah. You know, the, the, at the time, the story was that he had the flu. Then the story flu came poisoning. out maybe. Right. That he was in Vegas the night before. Maybe he was partying too hard and he was hung over. This document uncovers this story about how a pizza was delivered at three o'clock in the morning and that he spit on that pizza so that no one else would eat it, finished the whole thing. It made him sick. And the accusation was that the pizza was was messed with. And, uh, you know, they maybe put some spoiled ingredients on there or something to that effect. There's so many holes in that story. <laughs> I, I don't even want to get into it. If you're if you're curious about it, just look it up. There's a litany of stories about it um, that would tell you that that is not what actually happened. So what do you think? He just got sick. Yes. OK. Yes, I think he just got sick, and what's the big deal? But but it did pizza... sound as someone who's had—I mean, you've had your stomach stuff. As someone who's had food poisoning, it did sound exactly like food poisoning. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. But to create this story that somebody you know messed with the pizza and put bad ingredients on it and spoiled cheese or whatever they allege was put on it, and and that's what happened. I mean, simply speaking, how would anybody know who that pizza was for? Right. You know, did they call Pizza Hut at three in the morning and say, we need a pizza delivered and it needs to be made specifically for Michael (laughs) Jordan from the Chicago Bulls and bring it to his hotel room, which is room number blah, blah, blah. It just doesn't make any sense. But again, read the articles about it if you're curious. Can we at least agree that that's the real Pizzagate? A hundred percent we can (laughs) now and forever. Thank you. Thank you. End of story. All right, let's move on to another doc series. Again, I know I'm prone to hyperbole today, but this is one of my favorites too. I just thought this was so brilliant, which is Lennox Hill, also on Netflix, about a group of doctors at Lennox Hill Hospital in New York City, following them and their lives and mostly their work and their interaction with their patients. I just thought it was incredible, incredible. And the COVID episode blew me away. I agree with you. I have a, I have a question for you though, because I originally kind of took a little bit of a swipe at it and, and referred to it kind of as an unnecessary show. And that we've seen yes, this with did. Boston med and New York med. I liked Lennox Hill a lot, but I want to know from your perspective, why this wasn't just a repeat of those shows and why this was so much better. I've seen those shows and granted it's been a long time, but I, I love a good medical drama or docudrama. I think it was the characters and the humanity and the unexpected twists that it took. And I'm not going to ruin it for anyone, but there's one particular storyline with a doctor who's not one of the main doctors that could not have been planned. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yes, I do. That just, I'm going to start crying thinking about it, but that whole storyline and the way that the doctors came together, there's just a certain camaraderie that I saw and I guess this happens in a lot of workplaces, but I think there's something about saving lives inherently that bonds you together in a different kind of way that I just found so moving. And it was so raw. It was very old school documentary fly on the wall. It did not feel overly produced. Obviously they had the drone shots with the music. I mean, that's Netflix docu, but sure. other than that, it just felt very pure. And I just was very, very moved by it. I, I was as well. And it's one of those shows that unless you're prepared to be emotional and for the waterworks to start, don't watch it. So just, it's really well done. I agree with you, but it takes you down a path where these are patients who have brain tumors 
And that's what we're dealing with in every single episode. And just know if you're going to start in on Lennox Hill, it's not one that's going to make you laugh and feel good. It's an emotional show. It's really well done. But, you know, I kind of say that as like a buyer beware. These are not, you know, the happiest of times. And so yeah. <laughs> Lennox well, Hill is not going to raise your spirits. I agree with you if you've been through cancer. I know people, I totally get not being able to watch it, you know, or if you've been through COVID or lost somebody to COVID, that episode is really, really tough. But I'll disagree in the sense that I actually, and I watch a lot of depressing shit. I did not actually, I found it more uplifting than depressing. Even though I cried a lot, I think just seeing how much goodness there is and how these people, you know, there's not that much money in medicine anymore. You know, they go into it because they truly care about what they're doing and I was just really uplifted by that, especially now knowing that they're all on the front lines. And that was spoiler alert in the COVID episode. That's what really moved me the most, because these are people who are specialists in very particular fields. They're not trained in in emergency medicine and, and virus and immunology. But because it was all hands on deck, especially in New York City, they all had to basically drop everything they were doing and become specialists in treating COVID. And it was really Incredible to watch it. I like how you spun that. That's good because no, because I, I looked at it as a show where, you know, these people have terminal brain tumors and to watch what they have to go through is, is gut wrenching. But I like how you spun that into making it feel a little more uplifting from the doctor's perspective and that they, you really do see that they are doing this for no other reason than they want to make people healthy and give them longer lives. And they get emotional. I mean, we've all had really cold doctors, right? I mean, you've mm-hmm. been through it. Yes. I'm sure you've yes. had your share. So obviously they cast it a certain way. They cert- they cast sympathetic doctors, but just the way that they related to their patients, truly cared yep. about them, got emotional when they lost a patient. It's just like, these people are heroes. They're incredible. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. I like that. <laughs> I like your spin better than back. mine. You love it. It's your favorite show. I, I did really enjoy it, but I just, you know, it's sad. It was sad. Well, let's tone, let's tonally shift a bit with another <laughs> epic, <laughs> incredible docuseries. And really the heroes like Lennox Hill, realtors in Hollywood, <laughs> selling Sunset. I mean, to me, they're like the Lennox Hill of Sunset. <laughs> <laughs> they're like cartoon characters. Do you, let me ask you this. Okay, because we watch this show and so I don't care how many- this is Selling Sunset on Netflix. Yeah, so Selling Sunset is just a, a gratuitous Los Angeles-based real estate show. Um, it's a lot of very pretty female realtors and the real estate agency is owned by two twin brothers who are who very difficult exactly. to tell apart. Exactly. Yeah. There yeah. is no difference between them. None. No, I couldn't tell you, the, I couldn't tell you a single difference between the two of them. But- and I love that they dropped one for the upcoming season. Thank God. <laughs> Do you watch that show because you enjoy it or is it more of a hate watch? It's such a good question. So it's definitely hate watch. I will say similar to a lot of the shows that I seem to watch, I was out after a couple episodes of the first season. I was like, nope, not going to do this one. This is the worst. And then I don't know what changed, but one day I picked it back up and then it was a smooth sailing binge from one to two. And I think, look, I love real estate porn, right? We both do. We're big fans of MDLA. Yes. Yes. There's something about the women. I mean, you know, I'm a Housewives fan, so obviously I like that ensemble drama. But I think I probably watch it more for the real estate than the women. Although this season, I am really excited to see what goes down with Chriselle and Kevin from This Is Us. Not only that, is is the... um the woman who's now engaged to Tarek from Flipper Flop. Uh, I, I can't with her. I, and she's a, she's a dead ringer for her. Uh, she's her twin, the first yeah. wife. Which is so creepy. Um, that show, thing. listen, I'm going to watch that show. Like I said, I'm going to watch that show. If they do 10 <laughs> seasons, I'll watch all 10. Um, it's I'm like you, it's kind of like a combo hate watch, but I enjoy it at the same time. Yes. <laughs> and it's light, it's easy. I will, I think it's back up the second part of season two, which they might be calling season three. They are calling it is, season three. It drops on Friday. 
Right. I th- it's really season two B as far as I'm concerned. But, yes. Cause okay, they shot whatever. it all at the same time. Right. Um, but <laughs> it's, you know, if you like million dollar listing, if you like that kind of gratuitous real estate porn, you'll love this show and you will probably hate the show the same as we do. So you'll love, hate, watch it. <laughs> and I'll, I may get to that before I get to search party this weekend. Let's just say that. Oh, of course you will. Like there's any doubt. (laughs) I will say one thing that does make it tough for me as a woman and as a feminist, which is this idea that they're all underneath these two guys. You know, they only hire these hot women with perfect bodies and the women are basically empty shells. Mm -hmm. That, that, that's a bump for me, for sure. Granted, I get through it and I watch it anyway. But the way they have to report back to these loser midget dudes, it, it just <laughs> it makes me really uncomfortable. Like what I want to see the next season is them start their own firm, push out the little dude and take it out. Do it like coup d'etat. Let, let's go. Christine they, could do that shit too. They easily could do that. Um, and they should, but then they wouldn't get to be on season three or four or whatever they're going to call it. So just give the, the little guy some residual checks. <laughs> <laughs> Which guy's gone? Jason? I mean, come on. I don't know. What's the other one's name? I, Brett. If you think Brett? I know who's gone and who's in, they're the exact same person. But I feel By like way, I read somewhere that they had a falling out. Is that true? I don't know. I did find it funny. And we, we talked about it. That article that, that Jason said he really didn't want to do the show. And all I had heard was that these guys were desperately pitching this show around town to everyone and anyone who would take the pitch and that they wanted this show so badly that to, to say that they didn't want it, I just found very, very laughable. Why do they feel the need to do that? It would be so fun if someone was just like, yeah, you know what? I really wanted a reality show. I worked so hard to like Bethany. She was unabashed about it. Which I respect. Right. And look at her. She's a success. So it's not bad to say you want it. But look what it does for particular people and their businesses. If you look at the million dollar listing Mm -hmm. folks, they, their businesses have skyrocketed because of that show. They get a lot of international buyers that don't know any better, see that they're TV stars and reach out to them and just embrace it. Lean into it. Agree. So what are you thinking about this season of million dollar listing LA? You know, I had Tracy on a few weeks ago. I know so watch your tongue. It's, <laughs> it's it has gotten progressively better in my opinion. Um, I I don't like the fact that each week they keep one of the the brokers out. <laughs> I know it's I so just, weird. I don't understand. So yeah, they um, could easily they, get in all the storylines. Some of them are right. so bad. Well, we're seeing repeats of showings of these houses and going <laughs> through these homes for a second time. I've already. Oh, seen I know them. these sh- homes intimately now. I could right. give you the tour. Exactly. So. <laughs> For them to, you know, for example, to leave Josh Flagg out of this episode entirely, this most recent one, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, That being said. He's on my nerves, though. Flagg is not wearing well for me. See, I I like Flagg. I just, I love his attitude. I love his knowledge. Um, (laughs) He would be your realtor, right? Didn't you choose him? I, I think so. He just knows so much. And... Yeah, but he's not he, a hustler. That's what I don't like about him. Uh, say what you will about Altman. He's a schmuck, but he is a hustler. He will hustle. Yes. So will I Tracy. I think all the other people will hustle. Yeah, they will. I think James the Brits, and David will too. Yeah, they'll hustle Although, too. Although Tracy says that David won't wake up for more than $4 million. That oh, was how well, that whole nice. Pasadena drama. Remember? Must be nice. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's funny the way James is always yelling at David. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, listen, yeah. that show, you know, they got rid of Madison, which has helped I the show immensely. I don't miss Madison at all. No, I don't think anyone does. And his brain. And it's, again, Remember when his jaw was wired shut? Yes, yes. <laughs> they that still was made great. him that do testimonials. That was time on the show. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see how they incorporate um, Frederick more, because it seems like he's got a, a little bit of a larger role I just put him coming. in full time. I, I agree. He's great television. Great television. And, and, and I and, want more drama and with him. Very, and very, me too. And he's, Frederick couldn't be a nicer guy. I've met him. He's absolutely wonderful. His kids are gorgeous. Have you, well, yeah, you don't well, do social media. I follow him on Instagram. His kids are beautiful. 
He's what got a nice thing going, Bethany? Jeff Frederick. Any inside scoop? I don't know because no, they had that show that they Apparently did one they had season a horrible of together. Falling out, and like some of it yeah, was captured on the show, but I didn't see it. I doesn't surprise me. They don't seem like the most amenable people. I think I mean, when, when push you've comes got to shove and a type A narcissist meets a type A narcissist, it's usually not a good <laughs> exactly. <combo. laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm not surprised. I do want to talk just for a second about Down to Earth with Zach Efron. So I've been starting most of my podcasts just quickly with like what I'm watching this week. And I actually, when I mentioned this one, I said, I'll get into this more when I do my podcast with Brian Samuels, because you and I have actually not <laughs> spoken about it. Now, I know you've only watched two episodes, but this show cracked right. me up because Zach Efron, I watched more like five of them. I think I didn't watch the whole thing, but I watched a bunch. It's very well produced and it's funny, but none of that is due to Zach Efron because he is the emptiest suit I have. I mean, he, there's literally not a thought in his head. So they know that this is what cracks me <laughs> up. So they know that going in, they know this kid is a complete moron, but he's eye candy and he's fun. He's, you know, adorable, fun to watch. So we're going to get him a sidekick, but they get him a sidekick who's got like one more brain cell than Zach with no charisma, nothing interesting about him. It's like watching Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. (laughs) I don't get it. It's so I don't get it either. So that his sidekick, when I saw him the first time, I recognized him. Okay, what else? And I'm thinking to myself, who the hell is this guy? Okay, I do these workouts through a streaming service called Beachbody. And at the end of some of the workouts, right. there's a little, there's an advertisement for uh, like a Beachbody protein bar. <laughs> and the advertisement is this guy traveling through the world podcast. talking about the different ingredients that he finds around the world. I'm like, wait a second, this guy and Zac Efron. <laughs> I, listen, I, I think... Zach Efron is an incredibly handsome individual. <laughs> Most um, men think so. It's very interesting. He is. Yeah, he is. He is. There's, it's, there's no dispute there. No, no um, dispute. I just don't understand the purpose of this show. <laughs> I think it could have been really well done with other people. But it can give Zach Efron another show. Give him a, a goofy, silly show to exactly. let him be himself. He needs a prank show. Right. Let him He's be. at his best when he gets on his skateboard and is just a yes. dummy. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I, I thought it was very odd that Anna Kendrick just shows up for a water tasting. <laughs> like, are we in love life? What's happening? Right. I mean, I, I get it. They've been in movies together, but that was right. just weird. Um, I feel was- this is what I think happened there. I think when they were conceiving of this, they said, Zach, do you think you could bring in some celebrity friends? He's like, yeah, sure. I gave him a list of like 10 people, reached out to all 10. All of them said no, except for Anna. Like it was probably going to be like one celebrity an episode and it turned into one the whole season. Right. And <laughs> or it, that was one thought. And then my other thought was, all right, we have this deal with Zac Efron. We need to <laughs> plug him into a show. What do we do? And they had this show and they couldn't find anyone for it. And so they just tried to fit a square peg in a round hole. Completely. Both of those are completely yeah. possible. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, Let's, I'll eventually get through it, but yeah. No, I'm not time. going back. I saw enough. <laughs> I actually do understand the point of it because I do think there's some actually really interesting takeaway, like the water episode. You saw that one in, yes. in, in yeah. France. That scared the shit out of me. Cause I'm like, I don't have any proper filters for anything. God knows what I've been doing with my water. So I am right. learning some stuff. The Iceland stuff was really interesting. The Costa Rica one could have been so much better though. Did you watch that one? No, I like I, I did th- think it was cool when they cooked that bread underground or whatever they were doing. That was really cool. That was yeah, cool. Man, cool. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It was cool. <laughs> that was all all we got. Yeah. So real quick, I know you're watching or you've watched India Matchmaking. I started watching it. I loved it. And then I went to go do something else and I haven't gone back yet, but I'm going to. I finished it in a day. And <laughs> so you're kind you of know, it's so I don't know what happened to me is like, you know, as we're doing this behind me, there are two live NBA games. And all I'm doing is talking about I can't get enough of these shows with people looking for love. I just <laughs> you love think, a dating show. 
I do. I have, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I watched Labor of Love on Fox. You're literally the only one. I know. I know. Not a, By the way, not a I was interested person. in watching that because I actually like the stupid concept, but I just didn't care enough to record it. You didn't miss anything. No. But Indian matchmaking. <laughs> did she end up I with somebody, think, by the way, in Labor of Love? She did. I don't know if they're uh-huh. still together, but she they're did. Not. Yes. <laughs> she, probably not. Indian matchmaking. Um, spoiler alert. None of the couples on that show are still together. Wow. Um, yeah. The sorry. first woman, I was only in the first episode. She was a great character. What a nightmare. Fantastic character. <laughs> But it it takes you through a bunch of people. I find most of them to be very likable. I think it's very interesting, this caste system and arranged marriage versus love marriage. And I just, I don't know. I, I was all in from the jump. And it's been talked about a lot. I think the Indian community is not so thrilled with how it was portrayed. Oh, really? But I, yeah, I just, I think it's a really interesting show. And it is about finding love, but it's, it's a cultural show that I, that showed me things that I wasn't aware of. And I thought it was interesting. Yeah. I'm excited to, to go back into it. Now you did not enjoy love on the spectrum, which I'm only hearing good things about. No. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you this quickly. I it's right in my wheelhouse. We just talked about it. Right. Okay. So I'm watching episode one and there's a girl who is autistic and she's at lunch with a girl who has down syndrome, uh, I believe. And they're, they see two guys sitting a couple tables over and they're figuring out how they can approach these two guys to introduce themselves. Cause they think that one or both of them are handsome. And let's just say it was one of the most uncomfortable scenes I've seen to the point where I had to turn it off Ooh. and I just couldn't go back to it. Okay. So, you know, I'm glad people stuck with it and, and really enjoyed it. I it just made me personally very uncomfortable and I just didn't think that it was right for them to show that. It just yeah. was not, it, it was not a, um, a good portrayal to me of those people. And it put them in a really embarrassing situation and almost felt mm-hmm. like a bit of poking fun at them. Really? And I didn't like it. So I turned it off. Yeah. I'm maybe cringing. I was just, maybe I was being a little sensitive that day, but not, not something that I felt was appropriate. And so that was it for me. Okay. Just to end on a, on a up note, we both, we, I, I watch a ton of documentaries. You watch a few, we overlapped on a few that we both liked. One was on the record on HBO max. I just want to talk about this briefly because this is the story of Drew Dixon and many other women who uh, were survivors of Russell Simmons and his sexual assault. And this made headlines because Oprah dropped out of this project. If you want to do a deep dive on it, I don't want to waste time talking about it now, but it's an interesting turn of events. And once I saw this doc and how credible Drew was and all these women are, I was really pissed at Oprah for dropping out because I think it did a disservice. I mean, they didn't need her, but obviously her weight behind the project would have attracted a lot more eyeballs. And I feel like it fell between the cracks a little bit because it coincided with the launch of HBO Max, you know, and it just kind of didn't get the fanfare that I think Oprah would have put behind it had it ended up on Apple. I agree. I mean, I didn't really see any fanfare about it. It was one of the original releases on HBO Max right when the platform launched. Um, And so I watched it because it looked interesting and I knew the story, but I thought it was really well done. I thought it was impactful and you're right. I think if Oprah had stuck with it, it would have made a lot more noise. And it is pretty disappointing that she didn't. It's also really disappointing that Russell Simmons is a free man because he needs to be mm-hmm. locked up. And that just infuriates me. Yeah, it's. Um, yeah, it's really upsetting. Yeah. But Disclosure, we also both like that's a Netflix documentary and it's. It's about how transgender people have been portrayed in the media kind of since the beginning of time in film and television. That was, I'm surprised by how much I like that because it's kind of an academic approach, which is not really what I enjoy Mm -hmm. in a doc. I usually like more of a way in with a person and a story. Having said that, I was really into it and it it held me because I think the people that they chose to interview were really good. Like, yeah, I agree. Cox and others. Yeah, I agree. I thought it was really interesting. Didn't know if I would like it. Um, I think I watched it after you mentioned it to me. And I think 
you said your husband wanted nothing to do with it? Yeah, he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think but he I, would have liked it if he had seen it. I do too, because it was interesting. Like when they were when they were talking about old, old, old movies and the way that men had dressed up like women in those old movies, yeah. you know, I wasn't aware of that. And it kind of makes you think a little bit differently about it. But it was it was interesting. I'm like you. It, it wasn't the typical type of doc that I thought I would like, but I really did. I thought it was well done and uh, a good watch. Okay, so let's end by saying what you want to make sure people do not watch. <laughs> and you do this. Uh, you recommend things that people should not waste their time on because you've already taken the hit. So I will say this. If you're still looking for docs on uh, Netflix, there's a new one out about solving the Rubik's Cube. Do not watch that. <laughs> My stepson just did it. He went from not knowing how to do a single side to solving the whole thing. He stayed up all night. <laughs> the craziest thing. He took my daughter's Rubik's cube and then sent us an, a video at four in the morning saying I did it. And we totally thought it was Photoshop, but he, he figured it out with a video. Maybe he watched that I mean, doc. It's not very good. And it's only about 45 <laughs> minutes. Um, yeah, I mean, how long can it be? I'll say this, the second season of dirty John, oh. which, okay. So I was on the fence on it anyway. And I got a, a text from my mom saying that she quit in the beginning <laughs> of episode one and that it was one of the worst shows she's ever seen in her entire life. Wow. Um, which is pretty bold. So I steered very clear of that. I'm going to implore you to stop watching shows like Floor is Lava and people Holy Moly. I've and seen it's just, great things. I'll never watch it. But people who like that genre seem to like it. Who likes that genre? Um, I don't know. Some people on Twitter. <laughs> exactly. Um, I was very disappointed by Space Force on Netflix. That's the yeah, Steve Carell show. I had a feeling that would be disappointing. I thought it was going to be good. It was not. Um, I thought that the Jim Gaffigan special, again, this is so outside of your what you will ever watch. No, I watched Jim. My husband loves him. I think he's hilarious. I was not a fan of these two most recent specials. Okay. They were very... They were very geared towards the audience, which was Canadian in one and Spain in the other. Mm. And so a lot of the material and the jokes were ones that were for Canadians or for <laughs> Spaniards. And okay. unless you've spent a lot of time in those countries and know a lot of their lingo and everything about their culture, they felt the jokes felt very flat. So I was uh, incredibly disappointed by the Jim Gaffigan specials, which are on Amazon. So do not watch those. Agreed. Oh, we started also, watching them. Mm, now that you're reminding me, yeah, didn't it's, we weren't it's into a it. It's yeah. a bunch of jokes about the names of Canadian provinces and things of, of that oh, nature. God. And it's like, okay. Um, <laughs> I also, tr I tried the Padma Hulu show. It's just derivative. We've seen it a million times. What are we watching for? We like Padma. That's why we're watching. Love Padma. Sure. But listen, I've listened to every interview she's done on the show. I've read every article that she's been interviewed for, but I still haven't seen the show. <laughs> so it's just, I just don't, didn't see the point of it. There's another show that I have found myself going back to, which is on Hulu, although it might only be on YouTube now called Worth It. And I just want to leave you with this. Worth It is this quick BuzzFeed show that's eight or nine minutes and it's two guys going around a city, oftentimes LA, sometimes New York, sometimes abroad. And they pick one food, for example, sushi. And they go to the cheap sushi place and the medium price sushi place and the super expensive sushi place. And they say, which one was the most worth it? It's fantastic. My daughter used to watch it on YouTube and I would watch some episodes with her and it was really fun. It's a perfect example. These shows are fascinating to me because my husband watches this show. I think it's also on YouTube, The Hot Wings Show. Have you heard about oh, this? Oh, yes. He's yes. obsessed with it. And they get every yes. huge celebrity, the Kevin Hart and Seth Rogen. Yes. And the, the hosts are always kind of duds and like nobody yes. that you and I would ever think we would pitch to a network. And yet they get more views than anything that you could pitch to a network. So I find it's it fascinating. Crazy. It's like the unhosting yeah. organic nature of YouTube. It's just so much more appealing to people. I find that really interesting. 
I do too. And that's really, really good point that both of those shows, the hot wing show and worth it are the same, the same type of host. They're not these typical people who you think would host shows. (laughs) Right. But there's, it's just so they're real and they're funny together. Um, So if you're really looking for something to pass time, worth it is worth it. Oh, perfect way to end. Well, Brian, once again, you've hit it out of the park. (laughs) Your TV viewing habits (laughs) have really enhanced our content. I hope so. I watch shows so you don't have to. (laughs) Exactly. Everyone should read his amazing blog, TV Uncovered. It is required reading. It's all my only required reading after the New York Times every day. And let's face it, I read it before the New York Times. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's much easier read than the New York Times. Very much so. So everyone follow that. Brian, thank you for doing this. I'll see you in a few months. Sounds good. Talk to you later. 